We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. This is Will Marotti Show. Will Marotti, your common sense evangelist. Joy, uh, Matt, Matt Soroy's. <laughs> Matt Soroy's our master of ceremonies. Two more amens came in, bringing the total 84. Heather B. and, and the other <clears throat> the other Mark M. Joining us now, a, uh, a prolific journalist, writes for the Journal Inquirer, also writes for several other Connecticut papers, that was a former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer. We like to say this is the All Things Connecticut segment. Chris Powell, welcome, Chris. Hey, well, great to be with you. Hey, let me ask you a question before we get into some of the things that you've posted recently. Um, you know, you're seeing, I'm seeing these polls, you know, Democrats have such big leads on Connecticut Republicans. And and I'm thinking, you know, I hear, I, I, I hear so much said, and I'm, I'm watching commercials and reading, oh, Governor Lamont, he's done such a great job, and... He's got us. He he took these enormous uh, deficits and turned them around into surpluses, and 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 I'm just saying to myself, man, I don't get this because I think just on ability, background, training, I think Bob Stefanowski is a way better candidate, and I think would make a way better government. But it, it, could it be a thing where Ned just finds himself at the right place at the right time? Oh, I think he's uh, if he's if he is ahead by as much as the two recent polls say. I think it's because he has managed to convince Connecticut that everything is fine. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm I'm not in the business of of telling everybody that everything is fine. I'm in the fault finding business. <laughs> Far be it. <laughs> I mean, I have a, a laundry that, list. <laughs> yeah, I have a laundry list of of things that I think are terribly wrong in terms of policy, things sure. that I think are, are, are scandals. And, you know, it's it's my job to write about it, and uh, ordinarily it's the job of the press to point these things out. But if if, uh, if the governor is really ahead by 15 or 17 points and there's only, you know, 3% or so or maybe 5% of the people who are, who are undecided if those polls are, <clears throat> are really accurate, and I, I suspect they're a little bit off at least because I don't think Republicans oh, yes, respond yes. to the polls as much, and I think the polls oversample uh, Democrats. But yes. if if those uh, polls are generally accurate, then uh, people in Connecticut uh, think that everything is fine. And 
uh, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm sorry to disabuse them of that uh, that notion, but that's you know that's what the press is uh, is supposed to do now. Uh, I would hope that, uh, for the sake of our political competition, at least, that uh, Bob Stefanowski would uh, point out some of these things that are not fine and would be able to get the message through. And uh, campaign's not over yet. We'll we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, no, there's time. There's time. I mean, here's this, here's. I mean, just this. This is just one area where things are not fine in Connecticut. Although, this is from FBI crime statistics. Although crime on a, on whole is down. 2021, uh, public officials have said that rapes are up 23%. Yeah, murders are up, too. And, and, uh, and murders are up. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I'm glad they're not breaking into the store or breaking, trying to rob my house, but I would prefer not to be raped or murdered. You know, I just Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of catalytic converter uh, theft. Like the other day, uh, a lady in her house in Hamden was shot by a yeah. stray bullet. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, I, I really distrust this this crime report i just see so much social disintegration all around us and that i mean there's there was two shootings in hamden the other day yeah, that was one right. of them uh, you know yeah. where people this this getting shot in your own home through bullets coming in outside uh, when you have no connection to yeah. crime that's a fairly common thing in connecticut now yeah. and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm sorry but no crime report is going to uh, uh diminish that one of the things that people talk about consistently about our state is how great our education system is. You and I both know that there's there's some untoward things happening in the public education system in Connecticut. Problem is you can't get anybody to tell you what's going on. And you and you just posted this uh, recently. Accountability keeps losing to public education's secrecy. And you have firsthand knowledge of that, don't you? Well, you know, I, I I follow cases. I ask for information about them. I get denied. I make freedom of information issues about it. But if, if you want to talk about the greatness of schools, generally in Connecticut, all the proficiency tests you know, show declines in the last couple of years, if only because of the uh, the, the the epidemic. For, but for many years now, uh, the national tests have shown that. Uh, most high school graduates in Connecticut uh, never master high school math and never master high school English. I mean, below 50% on, on these things. The proficiency tests at all grade levels in Connecticut show that you're, you're, you're lucky if even a, a third of the kids are, are performing at grade level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but nobody wants to know this, Will. I mean, this is on the record. I mean, you can document this. Uh, certainly the governor's not going to tell you right. that, you know, the schools in Connecticut generally are, are failing. I mean, they're failing everywhere in the in, in the country, but the, the governor's not going to promote that. And I'm afraid the, you know, Bob Stefanowski and, and the Republicans, the opposition party generally isn't going to tell people that because they don't want to hear it. They want to yeah. think that their kids are... Are, are are learning their their schools are wonderful uh, and you know they're not uh, but we get away with this myth because you know nobody wants to look at the truth and you know you can, you can report it uh, and it is reported if it sure. wasn't reported I wouldn't know about sure, it I sure. don't have any special yeah, insight but but the schools are failing uh, the kids are coming out of schools. Uh, in Connecticut and throughout the country, they're they're not going to grow up to be uh, newspaper readers. They're not even going to grow up to be citizens. They may not even grow up to be Kindle readers. I mean, it's just it's not a, you know, it's it, it's just. I mean, it, this came out of a. I, I I I don't bring this up. Well, I just bring it up because it's true. This came out of a another news organization. Something in Southington that's going on, 
and the teacher was was found using a vocabulary sheet in in the class that was talking in terms of white privilege, transgender, cisgender. Um, it seems like this is going. You, these stories are popping up all the time in Connecticut schools. And when I talked last week about a, a story in Ohio, Hilliard, Ohio, where they were wearing these name badges, rainbow colored name badges, say "I'm safe," and then there's a QR code, and and any elementary kid with a phone knows how to scan a QR code, taking you to a site that has some of those d- evil and perverted uh, sexual instructions you can imagine. And, and I say, if it's happening in Ohio, what makes you think it couldn't happen in Connecticut, right? I mean, well, a lot of this stuff is, is happening here. That, that incident in Sunnings, I, I wrote a column about it yesterday that oh. I guess will be published on Saturday. Okay. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the teacher, a high school sophomore English teacher, had, had passed out to, cl- to at least one of her classes a, a package that was titled Vocabulary for Conversations about Race, Gender, Equality and inclusivity. It was uh, had a glossary of terms uh, that involved transgenderism and and racism. Uh, you know, topics that the school system seem just absolutely obsessed with now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, uh, the terms on her glossary had absolutely nothing to do with any of the material that was being taught in her course. Uh, and they got around it by saying, oh, well, she was she passing this glossary out in, in case discussion ever turned to these topics. Well, uh, if you went farther into the packet, uh, you, you found that, uh, you know, she was trying to turn uh, the discussion in her class to these topics that had absolutely nothing to do with the curriculum. There was another page in the packet that had this, this passage in it, quote, you can know in your heart that you don't hate anyone, but still contribute to their oppression. No individual is personally responsible for what white people have done or the historical decisions of the American government, but you are responsible for whether you are upholding the systems that elevate white people over people of color, end quote. So, you know, this, this, her intent was indeed sure. indoctrination. Sure. Uh, you know, we can argue about American history, and it's, 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 it's good parts and it's bad parts. We've and got we our, should, our, should our ugly about. patches. There's no question about it. Yeah, um, we, you know, we, we, <laughs> what we've got to realize is that, you know, the whole history of humanity right. is, you know, from, from going from bad to better. Uh, and anyway, so, you know, this, this passage that I just read was, was in her packet. She was trying to turn the discussion in the class, uh, the English class, you know, a literature class, a writing class, uh, into uh, this uh, political uh, indoctrination. The school superintendent admitted at a school board meeting that, uh, well, let's see, uh, he, he sent out a letter to the community. He says, as a result of our comprehensive review, the teacher now realizes that the sources utilized to develop these supplemental materials may not have been neutral in nature and recognizes the bias and controversial statements that some took issue with. Okay, superintendent acknowledged that this stuff had no, no business in, in, in class. Um, you know, he's counseled her. But then the school uh, board chairman comes in and, and says,
says that she resents that people, you know, made an issue of this, mm-hmm. uh, is that people don't have a right to make an issue of what goes right. on in their public schools. And then 60 professors at Southern Connecticut University uh, sent a letter to the school board uh, saying that the public has no right to second-guess educators. Uh, you know, this is that's another this is declaration bizarre. that, you know, educators don't think public education should be public at all. No. No, and I and I, I keep making this point to parents, to grandparents. Nobody's going to protect your kids like you are. And if you think it, if you think your kids are being well protected in the public system, you really should like examine what's going on. This uh, the, the article that that I referenced talking about this uh, teacher with the vocabulary sheet also talked about uh, use of CRT. And, uh, and of course, the, the people are constantly defending CRT, and it says that CRT is an academic framework that examines the impact of sy- systemic racism in American society. Well, we had a guest speaker Sunday at church who's been a mentor of mine for over 21 years. His name is Raleigh Washington. Raleigh's a pastor, many things. Uh, he's 82 years old, grew up in the South. He happens to be black. He grew up in Jim, under Jim Crow laws. He had to sit in the back of the bus. He had to drink from a different water fountain. These were things that were normal in his life growing up as a child. And he said, and he said this Sunday, he said, there is no systemic racism in the United States. The only way systemic racism could be present is if it was still codified, if it was still law. And, and he said, you know, we abolished slavery. We abolished Jim Crow laws. None of that stuff is in effect anymore. So the problem with, with racism, he said, isn't, isn't the fact that it, it happens and, and we're blaming it on government. The problem with racism is an individual problem that people have. And you can't legislate that. You can you can hopefully educate, train. I think it's a spiritual issue. But but we just we just go and we fall on the sword about these things and go, yeah, it's just, we're we're a systemically racist country. We're not. We're not. No, we're we're not systemically racist in, in any great sense. There are policies we have that have racially disparate uh, impacts that certainly require review. But, uh, you know, the the law in the country on the whole, uh, we're we're a very egalitarian country as a Mm -hmm. matter of of law. We can do better, Mm -hmm. but, uh, look, the the schools are trying to uh, inflict this guilt on on kids, Uh, I think, to intimidate them and push them push them to the left. Look, that, that uh, assistant principal in Greenwich who got videotaped by uh, Project <laughs> Veritas, he, he admitted that his, his objective in hiring teachers uh, was to indoctrinate the kids so that they would grow up and vote Democratic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was explicit about it. Uh, you know, I think if you poke the education system in this country in, in almost any place, you will, you will find this you know, systemic bias, if you want to right. call it that. Uh, you know, look, all, all the people who, not all, nearly all the people who go into publication, uh, public education in, mm-hmm. in Connecticut end up joining a far-left political organization. That yeah. is the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how, do you th- how do you suspect that they're going to be running the school system in a, in a politically impartial way? Of course not. Well, you saw you saw the letter after that Project Veritas thing hit. You saw the letter that the, the the union set out. Be careful. Make sure there's no one other than members in your meeting. Look out for this. You could be the next victim. You know, they were in total panic mode because why? Because they are hiding stuff. There's no question. Yeah, about well, that it. was that was stuff. a letter that National Review somehow obtained that was sent by. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I think her name's Kathleen Dias, who's the yeah, head of the yeah. uh, uh, Connecticut Education mm-hmm. Association. She's mm-hmm. from Manchester, where, where where I live. And yeah, she sent a, a letter to all the union officials saying, <laughs> you know, don't talk to any journalists unless you vetted them, yeah. and you know, make sure there's none of these people at your meetings. I mean, this was an instruction to the union, to, you know, to cover everything up. Don't let the public know what's going on. Uh, this is the the ideology of, of so-called public education in Connecticut. You poke it anywhere, you find mm-hmm. out that they don't want you to know what's going on. You can't get teacher evaluation information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they don't want you, uh, uh, you know, questioning the curriculum. Uh, sorry, you can't do that. I mean, wait a minute. Is this public education or not? Are we paying taxes for this or, or, or not? Uh, uh, you know, if 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 it's paid for with taxes, if you've got to send your kids there, I'm sorry, folks, it's got to be public and it's going right. to be political because right. democracy makes these things right. political. Yes. These people are against democracy. I'll never forget years ago. We used to always go to all the orientation nights when our kids were in school, and sometimes we'd go and uh, you know they'd have different classes at the time slot. So Ann and I would split up. She'd go to one class, I'd go to the other class, right? So uh, our daughter was in high school, I think it was sophomore year, and I, I go to the English class. And I, as soon as I walk in, the first thing I notice, the desks are too small. I can't fit in the desk. But anyway, after that, <laughs> I notice there's a, there's a, right on the, a whiteboard in front of the room, there's an American flag hanging on one side. There's a rainbow flag hanging on the other side. As I turned around, to kind of move, maneuver on the desk, I see a banner on the back bulletin board says vote Democrat or vote Democratic. I'm like, what the heck? This isn't, this is a school, right? So I complained. I complained to the school. I said, first of all, you got the gate, the rainbow flag up there. I don't know why. And a, and a poster in the back, vote Democratic. That's not right. That shouldn't be allowed. And, and their, their thing was, well, you know, really, um, she is the, the uh, faculty advisor to the, to the GLAD group, right? Gay, lesbian, straight people, whatever it was, GLAD. And, uh, and you know, she, 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 we don't want to, we, we how do they say it? They don't want to, like, oppress her right to vo- voice her political opinion. Well, wait a minute. It doesn't matter. This is a public school. You can't, if I had a vote Republican sign up there with a Christian flag on the bulletin board, they'd have a heart attack over it. But, I mean, and it's, so it's been going on for years. This isn't new at all. Yeah, well, I, I do think if you if you punch anything in public education in Connecticut right now, you're likely to find this uh, very explicit political bias, and secondly, you're likely to find that uh, they don't want the public to know what's going on. Yeah, they really don't. Okay, that was that was a cheery conversation. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for giving us your time, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you very much, Will. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, maybe we'll come back. Probably not. Probably out of time for this segment. And then we come back. We're going to have Ben Proto, the uh, Republican state uh, chairman, on about an op-ed piece that he wrote. I thought it was pretty powerful. I want to have him talk about that, talk about the election, talk about polling. What, you know, what, what's his feel? He's got his ear to the ground as much as anybody. What's his feel? So we'll talk with Ben when we get back. Stay with us, WTIC. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. News Talk 1080. This is local radio. The Will Morati Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. I mentioned this with Chris Powell earlier. It, it, it's like we're, we've got alternate universes here in Connecticut. There, I'm, I'm watching all of the commercials, and I'm thinking these these folks may not must not be living in the same state because I see these these unbelievably positive Ned Lamont commercials. Oh, Gordon Lamont did this, and Gordon Lamont did this, and and I'm saying I, I I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I I don't think we're in a worse economy we've been in 40 years. Uh, my property taxes went up. Uh, everybody's property taxes went up. I, I, I just don't, you know, we're, we're all fascinated because we've got a lower gas price right now, which is still higher than it was two years ago. Well, that's because they sunsetted some taxes that are going to go back in, the, I think, the end of November. And gas prices are going to pop back up again here in Connecticut, another 25, 30 cents a gallon. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if I understand why this is. But joining us now on the hotline. The, uh, the chairman of the Connecticut Republican Party, who wrote a piece that I saw in ctexaminer.com. And I, I think it's really the true tale of Connecticut and, and Democrat leadership. So I want to welcome Ben Proto to the show. Ben, welcome back. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Good, good. Um, tell, tell my audience, if you would, please. Um, you can't tell this from the TV commercials. But but how is it that Governor Lamont and, and the Democrats, in, in your viewpoint, have really failed the residents and taxpayers of Connecticut? I think on, on a number of, of levels, and it's not just Ned Lamont and the, and the Democrats in the legislature, but it's also Joe Biden and yes. the Democrats in Washington. Um, and it's a combination of the failures from this uh, presidential administration, the Biden administration, and the Lamont administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <clears throat> You know, there's any number of things we we can look at. Well, uh, you know, let's start with what I think is the single biggest national security issue that our country's faced in a very, very long time, and that's an open southern border. Um, you know, what's happening is not only are these people coming across the border, and they're coming across you know, to escape complete oppression. They're coming yeah, here whatever. for the reason many of our ancestors mm-hmm. came here to find a better life, and God bless them for that. Sure. But there's a proper way to do it, and, and that is not the proper way to do it. But more importantly, the national security issue is the amount of drugs that are flowing through that border, and, and in particular fentanyl. And if you look at the statistics, Connecticut has the highest opiate OD rate in the Northeast, including New York and New Jersey. 
per, oh, you're kidding uh, me. I didn't know that. Per, yeah, wow. uh, per, per 100,000 uh, population. Gosh. It's almost 33% of our mm. deaths, our, op- our opioid-related deaths um, in that regard. You have a complete failure of economic policy. Um, just, you know, when Joe Biden took the oath of office uh, back in January of 2021, the stock market was at 35000 Today it's under 30000 mm-hmm. Uh Gasoline prices were about $2.25 today. They're about $3.50 to $3.60 nationally. Um, you know, you had interest rates, uh, mortgage rates that were hovering around the mid two. Two and a half to two point nine percent. Today they're over six percent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fed has now increased uh, its lending rate three times uh, to uh, about two point two five two point two five basis points above where it was. Uh, the economy is out of control. And what is Ned Lamont's answer to this? And the Connecticut Democrats have been to raise taxes. Yeah, it, it's been to impose more mandates on towns that are raising our property taxes. Um, it's to propose tolls. It's to impose a mileage tack on trucks uh, beginning in January. So if you think your prices are high now, mm. when you see what they're going to cost once mm-hmm. we start imposing the mileage tr- tax on trucks mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, supply so much of our important um, goods and services. In the month of January, uh, in the month of August, this past month, this past August, Connecticut families paid over $700 more mm-hmm. in the month of August for necessities than they did in January of 2021 when Joe Biden took office. Wow. If you extrapolate that out, just say that's going to stay at that $700, that's over $10,000 a year mm-hmm. that Connecticut families have paid more for necessities than they did when Joe Biden first took office. But I can tell you this, I'm pretty sure most people have not gotten a $10,000 raise. In fact, we know <laughs> that the real wages in Connecticut have fallen. Right. Uh, so... Overall, you know, I know Ned Lamont and, and the Democrats try very hard to stay away from the economic issues. They put out these fancy ads. And at the end of the day, when you push back on them, they usually resort to two things, abortion and guns. Yeah. Because right. when, they want, when, when you catch them on the facts on things, then they have nowhere else to go. So they try to go someplace else and create the bright, shiny thing to distract voters. And throughout the summer... Uh, I will, you know, grant, and I think everyone will grant the prep, uh, the proposition that abortion was a big issue coming yeah. out of the Dobbs decision as we move forward. We're now sitting here in about to begin October, and all of our friends in Connecticut, all of us, are probably going to get a um, a nasty gram in the mail uh, over the next uh, week to ten days uh, once we get into October, and that's your four hundred one k statement or your IRA statement or your children's college fund statement, which is going to show a 15 to 25 percent oh, loss easy, easy. Um, in, in, your val- in the value of your investments and your, your retirement accounts and your ability to, uh, to take care of yourself you know, when, when you decide to leave the workforce. Mm-hmm. A 15 to 25 percent reduction. And that's going to show up in that first and second week of, August, of October. And let me tell you, they're not going to be sitting around the table talking about guns and abortion. They're going to be sitting around talking about how we're going to pay our bills. Well, to your point, I saw an article, a poll that was done, national poll, and they rated, you know, what's your, what, what's important to you, and and now today, now that the 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 the, uh, the Roe versus Wade thing has cooled off a little bit, now yep. today, abortion's like sixth on the list for yep. the average yep. American. Number one, yep. what's number one? The economy, the economy, yep. and and yep. last night they said that the uh, since since Joe Biden took office, the stock market has lost seven point two trillion dollars in value. 
yep. which which definitely equates to 401ks and 529s yep. and all those accounts that we count on that we're trying to build a retirement, build a college fund. All those things yep. are taking a hit. Here's what I understand, Ben, and, and, and help me. I'm wondering if it's like the tale of two cities. you got two groups of people. you got people in Connecticut who, and, and I don't criticize this. I'm a capitalist, always have been. you got some groups of people in Connecticut that, you know what, yeah, it's it's bad, but it's not really hurting them. They can get through this. They can afford an extra five thousand a year. They're, they're they're okay. Then you've got people who are on the other end of the spectrum who who consistently vote Democrat that are that are you know working off of 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 government assistance. Is there nobody yep. in the middle that's saying, wait a minute, this, none of this makes sense? I mean, I understand the commercials that they're using, but I know Bob Stefanowski. He's got a better background. He's more capable. He's more competent. How could there possibly not be a, a closer, if you believe the polls, how can there not possibly be a closer race right now? Well, I, I, um, one, I don't necessarily believe the polls. I don't believe any of the polls that I see anymore uh, simply because of the way we communicate. Um, I don't care if it showed if it showed Bob up, I would tell you, you know, I'm not yeah. necessarily believing it. Um, and we know most of these polling firms, um, their methodology is not good. Um, and they've gotten it wrong more times than not. Sure. Um, you know, having said that, I think you're right. You, you know, it, it's probably a tale of three cities. Um, it's the, as you said, the folks who are in a financial position where, you know, what, if it costs me another ten or $12,000 a year, yeah, I don't like it, but I can afford it. Right. Um, you have folks who, um, have, are, you know, uh, subsisting on, you know, um, government programs and, you know, God bless those programs for those folks. Mm-hmm. But then you have the third city, which are, you know, the, the men and women who go to work every day, go to their jobs, run their small mom and pop businesses yes. are trying to struggle. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, and again, I kind of come back and, and I'm going to kind of use a, an analogy here. You know, it was interesting. Ned Lamont and the Democrats were able to keep citizens of the United States from going to the movies, going to a ball game, yeah. going to a concert, mm-hmm. going to a restaurant, mm-hmm. but they can't seem to stop people from crossing the border. Yeah, um, right. So when it comes to controlling <laughs> our own citizens, you know, they're really good at it. When it comes to protecting our citizens, they're really bad at it. And now we have a, a, a candidate for state rep in northeastern Connecticut who has now publicly said that the reason many people become police officers is because they want to be able to beat up people. They I want know. to have sex because women like men in uniform, or they want to speed. What was I mean, she thinking, Ben? If, tell, well, give the background I, for I don't folks that, that she, don't know what you're talking about. Give a little background on that, Ben. So there's a candidate in the 51st District. Her name is Christine Maine. She's mm-hmm. a Democrat. Um, Air Force veteran. Thank yeah. you for your service, Christine. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, she served our country. Sure. Um, and then she served as a magistrate in Virginia, where she and when she, and she's up here now, and she's running against Rick Hayes, who's an incumbent Republican. And in a, a radio interview on WINY, uh, mm-hmm. radio station up in the northeast corner, Putnam. Uh, Putnam. Yeah. said these things in a question of uh, that was not a gotcha kind of question. It was just a question that was asked by the interviewer yeah. about police and how do we get how do we recruit more police and and how do we you know work with our police and she went on this very big long answer and then said that and and i listened to saying wait a minute you know this is crazy you're right I, i you know and the other thing is you know being on the radio when the unscripted moments are those that are the true belief of the person who says them as opposed to when we can read the script right um so my question is, okay, this is one 
candidate up in the northeast corner uh, running against the retired police chief of Putnam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Susan Bysowitz was knocking doors with her that week. Um, Kathy Osten, who is the mm. Senate chairman of the Public Safety Committee that oversees mm. police officers in the mm. state of Connecticut, contributed to her campaign and is supporting her. Ned Lamont has been quiet. Joe Courtney and, Rick B- and yeah. Dick Blumenthal have not said anything about this. So is this a position that they agree with? I don't know, because they're not talking about it. But they want to go out and talk about abortion. Well, we have candidates saying that police officers are doing this because they want to beat up people. Right? And have you know, sex. That, 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 that's, you know, for me. And then, of course, we have, you know, one of my favorite state senators, Matt Lesser, who I think may be one of the dumbest guys in the state legislature, came back after my uh, op-ed in the Examiner and, you know, took issue with one of the lines that I had in, in the op-ed about uh, our elections and um, the fact that we've had a number of people who have been convicted of election fraud in this state, to which he came back and said, that's not true. This is just Proto trying to play to his election denier base. Of course it's true. I said, you just had a Democratic town chairman in Stanford Stanford, convicted on 26 counts of election fraud. You had candidate, you had politicians and candidates, predominantly Democratic candidates in the city of Bridgeport, yeah. who've been convicted on absentee ballot fraud. We had a Democratic state senator who went to jail on yeah. campaign finance fraud. Yeah. We have one in front of federal court right now who's about to be convicted on campaign finance fraud. You're a state senator, and you're telling me that there's yeah. never been anyone convicted of an election fraud crime in this state? Either you're dumb or you're just lying to people. Well, he's disingenuous because or when you don't have a defense, you can't. It's indefensible right. because what you're saying is true. So you just make something up to, to deflect right. it, right? I mean, and, Bridgeport. And, I think campaign. I think voter fraud originated in the United States of America in Bridgeport. I think that's where it started, and I think they do a really good job at it. You find these bag full of ballots, you know, at 12:30 at night, rain soaked, and they walk them into a polling place. You know, yep. it's unbelievable, but it happens. It happens. Um, What's, I mean, there's still time, right? I mean, we got we got oh, weeks well, before there's, there's the election. A of, there's, there's a lot of time. October is, you know, it's kind of like you know, um, if you follow golf, Saturday is moving day. Yeah. Uh, in a golf tournament, yes. October is moving day in elections. Yes. And look, yes. Bob and, and the Republicans have put out a great economic plan. Uh, you know, and and Bob's plan calls for the elimination of about 200 different taxes. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to uh, implement a uh, tax deduction on our state tax return for up to ten thousand yeah. dollars in property taxes that we paid. Which counters the salt, tax. the salt move that they put. It, it, salt Trump deduction, approved. right? Right. Uh, um, wants to create a new consumer-oriented, community-oriented utility board mm-hmm. to to uh, deal with uh, utility rates. Uh, these are real proposals that are out there. Reduce our sales tax. These are real proposals. The Democrats have not offered a single proposal on how they are going to make Connecticut more affordable, how they're going to help the average working woman and man be able to pay their bills, take care of their kids, enjoy their lives, and and move forward into the next stage of their life. They haven't talked about it because they don't have a plan. Well, and maybe too, doing. Ben. Maybe too, they don't have to talk about it because people are still in the fog. How in the world, with what's going on right now, how does Ned Lamont have such a strong approval rating? How is that even I possible? I think there's a couple of parts of that. Um, I think uh, he's still enjoying uh, an approval rating that he had from COVID. Yeah. 
um, and his handling of COVID early on. I, you know, and, and look, I, I have said this. Uh, I think his early handling of COVID in the early stages, March, April, early May of 2020, um, I think, you know, he did, uh, he did a relatively good job. I think he really tailed off as he went forward on that. Um, I think he got caught up in his own hype of being King Ned and being able mm-hmm. to make whatever decision he wanted without having the legislature deal with it, without right. having anybody else right. deal with it. He finally got to be the CEO that he pictured he could be as governor. Yeah. I tell you what to do and you just go do it. I don't have to deal with these 187 people in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he got a little full of himself on that. And I think he way overstepped um, hit where he should have gone with stuff. Look, you know, everybody remembers the Andrew Cuomo in the nursing homes. Don't forget Ned Lamont looked at Andrew Cuomo and said, hey, that's a great idea. And he started putting COVID patients in the nursing home. We saw very high nursing home deaths in Connecticut because of the governor's order to put um, COVID uh, uh, patients into nursing homes. And he's Um, never been held accountable for that. And he's never been held accountable for that. Look, you know, Paul Hughes got him basically to admit that he lied when he said he didn't raise taxes. Mm -hmm. But we also forget, you know, there's been a number of other falsehoods that the governor has put out. And let's go back to, you know, December of um, 2020, mm-hmm. when, if you remember, Will, we got the tests. Man, they are on the tarmac. They are on the plane. The engines are running. We've got the pictures. Oops, sorry. Yeah, um, we, we don't have the tests now. There's no plane. There's no tarmac. There's no pictures. And we, were end- we ended up being behind the curve on getting testing, uh, you know, the home sure. testing uh, kits for Connecticut. Early on, he told us he could not find uh, PPP products. <laughs> but somehow or another, Bob Stefanowski wow. found 1.5 million masks that he bought himself, brought them into the state yeah. of Connecticut, yeah. offered them up to the governor, and the governor said no. Yeah. You know, so... Well, it's just you know, people have a short I, memory, I think. And, and you know, I'll tell you oh, one yeah. thing I didn't think. I, I will never say that Ned Lamont handled the beginning of COVID well, because I remember for at least an 11-week period after one executive order, two or three, we didn't have more than 25 people in our church for 11 weeks. So he kept, he, I, I he kept I, people I, from going to work. He kept people from going to school, kept people from going to church. Just horrible, horrible, horrible. We, we, we had one of the latest um, – look, in the early part of this, nobody knew what was happening. And I think once we began to understand it and we yeah. began to see what other states were doing and how it was working in other mm-hmm. states, you know, it's, it's, it's never wrong, as you know, to look at someone else's success and say, okay, I need to look at that and how they did that. Sure. He refused to do that. Um, and so, you know, we had situations, you're right, where we couldn't go to church or synagogue or, or temple. Um, our children went back to school very late. I think we fall into the, you know, about the middle to lower half oh, yeah. of we, when we our kids went well back to school. Our fourth graders uh, are suffering right now because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to, we're, this here, here's what people don't get about what happened in that roughly 18 month period when our kids were out of school. The remedial costs that we're going to see in third mm. and fourth grade in two years mm-hmm. are going to be astronomical mm-hmm. because that's where your remedial costs come into education. And it's going to be interesting to see what the legislature does, if it's a, if it's a Democrat legislature versus a Republican legislature, on how they help communities, towns across the state pay for those costs. It's bad enough now that the state doesn't always cover special ed costs that they're supposed mm-hmm. to cover and they place mm-hmm. it on local taxpayers yeah. what are we going to do when our kindergartners and first graders from 2021 are in the third and fourth grade and that's when we're hitting remedial issues yeah. with them because they weren't in classes 
that's a huge cost to town. Well, we know now they did, the national, to do that. they did a national sample of standardized tests, and they saw that the reading and math scores for fourth graders, because it all culminates in third grade, they saw that yep. the reading and math scores were the biggest decline in 20 years. Yeah. Right yep. now. So it's it's yeah. already hit us. Listen, I'm happy for George Logan. What what else can we do to help the rest of our Connecticut Republican candidates get up get up to where they need well, to be? Well, you know, George is doing a great job, and uh, the NRCC and the Republican Party are looking at that one very hard. They're putting a lot of money and, and resources in that race. I, I do think George Logan is going to be the next congressman from the 5th District. Too. Amen. Um, we have a very competitive race out in eastern Connecticut with Mike France against Joe Courtney. Yes. Uh, I think that's going to be a sleeper race to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what I tell people all the time, well, is that it's it's great that they listen to your show and they listen to the other, you know, um, conservative shows around the state and, you know, to get information. But at the end of the day, you got to do more than just listen to you. Right. And, and I, 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 you get they, should, they should listen to you. But when they're done listening to you, they should they should get in touch with their state, with their town committee or their yep. local candidate and say, yep. hey, how can I help? I'm willing to go knock on doors. I'm willing to make phone calls. I'm willing to go put up lawn signs. I'm willing to go wave, wave signs. Because at the end of the day, well, a candidate for state rep or state senate cannot meet all the voters. There's just right. too many of them right. for one person. And one person can never win an election by themselves. It takes Absolutely. a team to do that. And we encourage people. We do Super Saturdays and Sundays um, every weekend. We have 10 regional field offices around the state where you can go, and we'll get you set up uh, to go knock on doors. And, and we're not asking you to go knock on thousands and thousands of doors. Yeah. Give us two hours on a Saturday or two yeah, hours see, on and a that Sunday makes a huge. Afternoon. I'm a big believer right. in that. I've done it. It's right. a big deal. Bam, I, I hate to cut this off. I'm out of time. Thank you so much. We'll have you on again. Keep writing those op-ed pieces, and people read them, and, and it makes a difference. So really appreciate it, and thanks for the good work you're doing for the party. Appreciate it. Thanks, well, appreciate all your all right. time. Have a Take good one. All right, guys. Hey, that's it. I'm out. I'm out of time. Thank you so much, Matt. Great job today. Chris Powell, thank you. Ben Proto, thank you. Uh, 84 amens today. Good, solid number. Um, enjoy your afternoon. Stay safe. God bless you. Love you. See you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.